Hi, I'm Tom Marks with the Marks Law Firm in Orlando, Florida, and welcome to the Healthy Family Law Attorney. Today, we're going to talk about how to avoid harming your children during the divorce. And this is right in line with the purpose of our channel here. My purpose is because I believe your family matters. I want to provide hope and help to your family to successfully navigate the family law process in a healthy way. And to help us do that today, I have a special guest, a longtime friend, therapist, uh, Jim West. Jim is the president of Total Life Counseling Center. He has specialists in his uh, counseling uh, therapy practice uh, that do marriage and family issues, play therapy, trauma, addiction, self-esteem, and more. Uh, Jim connects with children, teenagers, adolescents, and young adults uh, in Orlando. He has offices in Lake Mary, Claremont, and East Orlando. He also has clients all over the state of Florida and in Georgia and the Bahamas. I'd like to hear about that a little bit. Um, but he clients <laughs> with ADHD, anxiety, mood disorders, depression, and more. And one thing I like about Jim, he has supplements that are FDA approved um, and dietary medications that have an uh, 85% effective rate. So I know that's a lot, Jim. Uh, welcome aboard. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. So, um, present, we actually are in six, actually seven locations now. Uh, our total life, we have a South Florida office in Boca. We have Winter Park as well. And, uh, and then South, South Orlando, Metro West is our main location. So, um, you know, but it's good to be here. You are a good friend, Tom. We've been working together trying to, you know, help kids, you know, weather the storm. I, I'm a divorce. I went through divorce myself. And one of the things that really helped me was learning to have, you know, uh, forgiveness and understanding, understanding our parents are not perfect and, and, uh, and that they weren't, they were, they weren't saying mean things about each other, you know, and so that's one of the things we're going to talk about today. And that's what really helped me was just not, you know, having our, having amicable parents and having parents that, uh, you know, that really helped me weather the storm of divorce. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I know you have a beautiful wife and a couple of beautiful kids and your wife is a therapist too, right? That's right. She's a counselor and I got a six year old girl who's uh, Mia and Jimmy, who's three and a half. So, awesome. uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Keeps me young. Uh, I'm sure <laughs> you're on your toes. So, okay, let's try to see what we can do to help our viewers avoid hurting the children in a divorce or a paternity case when they have kids together. So can you give us a couple of examples to start off how to avoid hurting the kids when you're going through these things? Right. There's there's actually 40 avoidable mistakes that common mistakes that parents make when they get divorced. We're going to just kind of gloss over like 10 of those, the 10 biggest ones that I see. And of course, that is the fighting, you know, uh, between, you know, the parents or in front of the kids. You know, so we're working with families currently and and they're you know not doing that anymore or chasing a parent through the house. They're just going into another room to, to have a conversation and trying to agree in front of the kids, but disagree behind closed doors so uh, and try to come to a conclusion or try to have some type of agreement before they leave their bedroom you know where they can you know and if not then we try to help them in our follow-up sessions to find that agreement 
you know, find that, you know, um, so that when they go talk to the kids, they're on the same page. So that's a big one. That's one of the big ones that we see. And they also sometimes use the kids as messengers, you know, well, tell your mom this or ask your mom. I just had a parent tell me that yesterday. And I'm like, oh, no, don't do that. It's so nice to talk before they get divorced. I have a family that's going to get divorced. And so we're trying to help them, you know, to, you know, like not use the kids as messengers. If they have to use an email app or if they have to, you know, use, you know, talk to us and help us to mediate that, we highly recommend that. But don't, don't ask the kids to be, you know, the messenger. Like if they, if they want something and so, you know, they'll go, Oh, well, ask your, your, your mom because I gave her money for that. You know, I give her money, you know, to pay for those things. And, and so that puts the kids in the middle. And then the moms will say, Oh, no, your dad's supposed to pay for that. That doesn't, that's not included. And then the dad will say, Oh, I gave your mom a check for, you know, $500 this month or $1,000 or $1,500, you know, you know, and the kids are like, look, we just, you guys just figure this out. I don't want to be in the middle. Right. So that's, that's, a, that's, a, those are some things that are really important to be careful. Right. About. Right. So, um, in the law, we call it shared parental responsibility and the court's looking at which parent is doing what is quote in the best interest of the minor children. And so the court wants them to co-parent in a healthy way. And so those are two great examples to avoid hurting the kids. So let's talk about what happens when the parents put the child in a parenting role. Right. So that's, uh, that's really heavy on kids. You know, so sometimes parents, they don't have anybody to talk to, like a therapist or a friend, another, a, a peer that they can talk to. And so then they'll, they'll vent to the kids, you know, and, and tell them their problems and, and, you know, they're even sometimes maybe if a, a parent's struggling with a mental health issue and they're telling them about those problems and they're venting to them and it's really, really heavy on the kids. So we, we try to say to the parents, Hey, talk to us, like vent to us. Let's, let's get you some support. Maybe it's a group at church, divorce support where you can go and you can talk about how you're feeling, but don't talk about like adult heavy burdens with your kids it just it's just so it's it's way too much the kids are already especially teenagers middle schoolers and teenagers they're under a lot of pressure already we don't need to put that you know that additional pressure on them yeah that's important um to have somebody they can talk to like a therapist obviously or uh as you mentioned divorce care groups or a a trusted friend and so forth um one thing i hear from my parents my clients that are parents of children is sure. that let's say typically or stereotypically mom says dad only get only gets uh, or sees the kids every other weekend and he's just the Disney dad he just gets does all these fun things with them he doesn't have to really put them you know to bed at night and make them do their homework and all that so talk to me about this Disney parent thing you know, I hear this one all the time. And, you know, we, when we're married, when people are married, the dads oftentimes are big kids and they play with the kids. In fact, there was a Penn State study. I did a news interview about this, um, gosh, on Fox 35 about 10 years ago, maybe seven years ago about this issue. Like not, not specifically this issue, but why dads have so much influence on the, on their kids more than the moms. And it's because we play more with the kids. We engage them more in sports. We go to their practice. And again, I know moms do it too, but I'm just saying that in general, dads tend to do more of that, you know, where moms are about get your elbows off the table, 
you know, uh, chew with your mouth closed and brush your teeth and go to bed, which these are all important together. It works really well. But then all of a sudden, you know, we, you know, and, and of course we get the dads to back up the moms when there's consequences and, you know, if they're not listening and they back them up and the, the dads have more influence because they do play with them more, right? So, but then what happens is when the, they separate, all of a sudden the dads are, you know, now, you know, doing the same role, but, at, and, and of course, if they have them on the weekends, they don't have to make them do their homework. They don't have as many chores maybe at their house. And, and so the, you know, they, they're just going out and they're playing with them. They're doing fun things with them to keep that influence and just keep doing what they're doing. But it's so, it's interesting how sometimes that's shut up. That's a negative thing is somehow that all of a sudden the dads continue to do that. And now they're, they're now a bad, you know, a Disney parent, right? So, you know, that we do talk to parents about that. And, and then of course, at the same token, um, we do talk to the dads and say, Hey, you should have the same bedtime that they have at home. Or if it's on the weekend, whatever the weekend bedtime is at their mom's house try to find some common ground there and have the same you know same bedtime rules same chores they don't make your bed pick up, you know so we try to do that as well to get the dads to, to you know to have the kids do things that aren't fun necessarily when they're at their house so that mom doesn't look like the bad the bad parent you know or the negative parent or the mean parent or the strict parent if that makes sense right okay so let's um let's hit another topic what about dating in front of the kids uh either so the gosh, research, yeah the divorce yeah that's a that is so hard on the kids you know and so we do recommend that the parents wait about a year after the divorce or if they're gonna date you know uh you know to wait till you know to not date in front of the kids you know but wait about a year for the divorce to be final because up until the point you know you could be separated for years and and you know before the divorce is finalize we hope it doesn't take that long but if it you know that you know we know that um you know what whatever you decide to do you know try not to date one of the kids until it's finalized because once it is finalized then there's a grieving process and there's kids the kids fantasize about their parents getting back together again we, we really need to help them with that in that next year so try to to keep that and you know of course on the weekends oftentimes too uh, even after a year if you know, if they're with somebody or they have a girlfriend that's at the house when the kids are there, you know, we try to tell the parents, that, you know, that especially the parents that just have on the weekends to maybe try to schedule time where it's just you without their boyfriend or their girlfriend on the weekend. Just try to have some, you know, I understand that if they're thinking about getting married again, they need to, you know, introduce the person, but they also need to try to have some time just to themselves, you know, with their kids. Yeah. They, you know, kids go from 100% of their time with their parents, you know, to then splitting that 100% to now 50%. And then when the parents start to date, now they're getting 25%, uh, you know, like half of that time, if that, and they're not really getting alone time, you know, with you. So you really need to try to maximize that time with your kids and have what we call unconditional fun. Like even if they've had a bad week, still have fun with them, you know, and that, that goes a long way, especially with kids that are like ADHD. Or defiant it goes a long way to get them to listen and to you know it actually helps them be less defiant by having that unconditional fun right and i know that kids are under uh, so much pressure nowadays for having gone through the pandemic and other influencers in their lives and you want to have as much time as you possibly can yes. with your children you know, um, gary, not- chapman, gary chapman said i'm sorry gary chapman said that the, the amount of quality time so the quantity of quality quality time 
with your kids directly correlates to how much college they finish. And then the opposite is true with how much time they, you know, the, the likelihood that they would get arrested or, you know, spend the night in jail or have trouble with the law. So it's interesting how it pays off in more ways than one, you know, by, by spending that quality time with them, whether they're having a bad week or not. Right. Yeah, I, I've even heard somebody say that how do kids uh, spell love? T-I-M-E. <laughs> That's cool. I like that. That's good. Okay, so another area uh, that I see that really uh, hurts kids is when a parent makes promises that they can't keep. Sure. Right. So, yes. So they, you know, when they're like, you know, yes, I, you know, we're going to, you know, if they, well, if they make a promise and they don't keep it, you know, that's really, you know, painful. They may feel bad about the divorce. They may feel bad about the pain their kids are feeling because of the divorce. And so they may make promises and then, and then they can't, they can't follow through. They can't make it happen. Uh, and, you know, of course, when people get divorced, the income is being split now as well. And, you know, now there's two homes to be maintained. And, and so there's, there's, you know, the parents, I was just talking to a dad yesterday. It's like, I'm not going to have the same amount of money for the, you know, because now we've got two houses to, to take care of. And we're not going to, and we're spending money on the attorneys right now, mediation. And, and so we're not going to have, you know, the money to do the things that we wanted to do if the home family was intact. Right. So, so just talking to parents about let's work through those feelings that you have for your kids and, Let's talk about it, but let's don't make promises to them, you know, because you're, they're just going to get mad about that. They're going to get more and more angry and hurt about that. And they're already going through enough right now. Yeah. So um, another issue that I look, look at or see uh, fairly often is when one parent is kind of making the kids feel like that parent's the good parent and the other parent's the bad parent. Tell us, how does that impact the kids? You know, it's, uh, I had this conversation a few weeks ago with a dad and, you know, um, he, we had a parent session and he said something negative about the mom and, 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 you know, it really hurt his kids and, and they, you know, they got upset and started crying and, and, you know, and I said, you know, the, it, you know, the, the, the most upsetting thing you can do is to say something bad about the, the, you know, their parents, their, their mom, the one that you, you know, had, you know, had a wedding with and loved and, you know, and I know you guys aren't doing well right now, but I, I'm just saying that, you know, it's just, that's their mom, you know, and, and you cannot win. Nobody can win saying something bad about their mom or their dad. It's really rare that you're going to win, but that's like one of the most damaging things. It's like a patriarch, matriarch, or a parent or mom say something bad about the other parent, no matter, even if it's true. It's still very painful. So we, we try to, in fact, I even do, I have a 10, I have the 10 avoidable um, p- uh, mistakes that parents make checklist in my office. And I have the kids grade the parents. I haven't put an M or a D next to it. And then I have the parents grade themselves, not the other parent. And I have that question on there. I say, you know, are you, do you say something, do you say things bad? And it just sets the bar for the beginning of our therapy. When we put, give them that checklist, it really sets the bar and they know like the kids are going to be grading them and, and watching. And the kids now know these are wrong to do. It just sets the bar right at the beginning. And it's really neat to see how that really settles things down and calms things down. And we just talk to the parents and go, look, these are common mistakes. These, 
these happen. It's not, you're not a bad parent because you've done it. But now that you know, let me help you, you know, to navigate this. And what do you say, you know, when this happens? And let's say like a kid hears something from a parent, I'll just tell them, say, hey, can we just talk about dad? Dad, can we talk about you while we're here? Can we talk about me and you and my life and what's going on with me? Can I talk about what's going on with your life, dad? It's less so, I, I, I spend half the week with mom, you know, can we just talk about you? And, and, the, and then most parents are like, that kind of reminds them of the checklist, you know? Oh, that's right. You know, it's a nice little realignment. You know, it's something safe the kids can say. And if they don't feel good to say it, then I talk to the parents, you know, for them when the kids give me, gives me permission, when they feel comfortable, you know, for me to do that. Yeah, I think of it in terms of like, if uh, kids are 50% DNA of mom, 50% DNA of dad. That's true. If you're saying something bad about mom or dad, well, isn't it like you're saying something bad about kids too? Yeah, Yeah. that's, that's really important. So, okay, last two topics, rules, different rules at mom's house and dad's house and how that can impact the kids. And what about talking about money to the kids? I know you addressed that a little bit earlier on about mom. Yeah, we did pretty. Yeah, about the rules, just trying to have similar rules. And, you know, like I remember uh, this one family that's out of of the area that I work with through Zoom. And they, you know, we got them. There was five things that were there was a disagreement. And we got we got them to agree. We got the parents to be on four of the five, which I was like, wow, this is great. And one of them was like a helmet, I think like wearing a bike helmet, you know, where mom wanted him to wear it at her house and dad didn't really care if he wore it. And I was like, well, okay, you know, so that's pretty good, right? So we'll just, at least we got four out of five. And 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 for the most part, the parents were pretty happy with that. You know, if they want to, if they feel like, you know, because I know it's the law, you know, for the kids to wear the helmet. So, I, you know, that's not, you know, my jurisdiction, you know, they, you know, the, the, the parents can deal with that, you know, talk to their attorney if they, you know, if they really feel like there's, a big issue or something that you know is just you know not negotiable or or just legal problem then they could talk to the you know get their get some advice from their family law attorney on that uh but just trying to get them on the same page is that that also helps them not be make one parent look like a disney parent you know the other parent like this mean parent and it get and it's actually really good for the kids because then the kids because honestly kids that are tend to be defiant will like gravitate toward the parent of least resistance the one that has the least amount of rules or, or the Disney parent or the, you know, the fun parent, and then they have more influence and, and then they, they may not be able to like, anyway, it's, it's just a really slippery slope. So it's really nice to be on the same page. And then, um, the other one was, uh, uh, oh, the money matters. Right. And that, we did allude to that too. Just, just trying to, you know, like, you know, getting that really clear with your family law attorney, you know, about like who pays for what and, and, you know, and, and not making the kids go back and forth. And, and again, we try to help the parents be amicable so they can just talk about it. And if they can't come to an agreement, we try to help them. And of course, if that doesn't work, then we encourage them to talk to their attorney or they, and maybe if, it, if it's high conflict, they'll have a parent coordinator or guardian ad litem that can help them. Yeah. I, and I think those are, are great points. You know, you mentioned earlier in the video, uh, some uh, new locations that you have, like in South Florida. And I, I really haven't mentioned that in my videos that, you know, because of like Microsoft Teams and Zoom, uh, we can handle hearings outside of Central Florida. 
Sure. Um, I actually uh, just brought on uh, an attorney over in the Tampa area. So we're handling cases in the Tampa area. Oh, that's good to know. That's great to know um, because that thing I was talking about is over on that side of the, over on the, that's really good to know. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a, uh, it's been a kind of a a blessing in disguise uh, if there are any with the uh, pandemic. So we try to stay uh, positive and focused. And of course, this is the healthy family law attorney. And so I need to know from you, Jim, do you have any healthy tips for our viewers today? You know, uh, you know, with all the stress that, you know, of people going through divorce, you know, and of course, I know the pandemics, I know people may watch this after the pandemic. I mean, I know it's winding down, hopefully, right? But but just work-life balance is so important. We speak to professional athletes, you know, about this. You know, we work with Major League Baseball and the NBA and, you know, we work with other professional athletic organizations. And and so we, we, we talk about this. We do corporate talks for them and corporate talks for companies and schools. And, you know, and work-life balance is so, is one of the, big topics you know it's like how do we you know especially people on the road that travel right how do we have that balance and making sure that we are taking care of ourselves that we have that what we call white space you know which is where we create memories and we have fun and we unplug and so i i'd say i tell people on the weekends man our family we play hard and you know for those of you that might be going through divorce or have been through divorce you know once you start to heal and you work through your pain try to, you know, make sure you have a date night, you know, in a new relationship, because a lot of people get divorced because they fall, they say they fall out of love. So making sure you have that, that date night, because my wife and I just love it. And we're so frustrated when we can't have that weekly time away, you know, to just go, even if it's just an hour, you know, I know some people go to go to church and they have like a, a way to drop their kids off for two hours at their church. I can't what they call it. I think it's like mom's day out or, or it's youth group or it's, well, you know, bass, whatever it is, like if it's even just two hours, you drop your kid off so you don't have to get a sitter and you can go to dinner, right? And just making sure you have fun and you're having that work-life balance and making making that time. So it's, and of course, having it with the family, but also having time to, to, to recharge yourself. So work-life balance. All right, work-life balance. I think that's a great tip, healthy tip for our viewers. So if you enjoyed the channel today, hit that like button, Subscribe to the channel, hit that uh, bell icon so you don't miss any future videos. We're coming out with new legal videos every Wednesday and new interviews every Friday. So this interview, um, I think it's a little bit longer, but it was like hitting those things that we want to avoid uh, during a divorce that hurt the kids. And Jim, I think you uh, hit a home run. Thanks so much for being part of the channel. Well, thank you. Thank you, Tom. My, my pleasure. It's good to be a part of this. Thank you for the opportunity. All right. So uh, we'll see you, our viewers, on the next video. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye, Tom.